Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Welcome to The Beat. I am Ari Melber. Today marked the most consequential court hearing in the coup prosecution of defendant Trump. We could see his motorcade driving up to the Washington courthouse today. And as Ali and I were just discussing, some important things happened. Trump pulled up so that he, the defendant, could attend this crucial appeals hearing, which determines if this March coup trial will happen or not. Trump and prosecutor Jack Smith were both seated right there near the front of the court. Now, this is the new court sketch from today, and you can see both of them. Today's hearing reviews Jack Smith's win over Trump's claims that he should get blanket immunity for anything and everything he may have done in office. And I can tell you tonight, it is now clear that Trump is on track to win again. His team legally had a great day in court. They also have law and history on their side of this issue because most president holds that former presidents are not above the law. That is a legal premise shared by everyone from the Justice Department's own long-standing rules to top special prosecutors like Smith or Mueller to Republican leaders ranging from Presidents Ford and Nixon who were involved in that pardon for a former president because they knew something pretty basic. A former president can be charged. To say Mitch McConnell, who's emphasized the same point. To Trump's own impeachment lawyers, everyone I've just mentioned has said this fact legally. Trump's lawyers said it in writing and on the Senate floor that, of course, he could be prosecuted after leaving office. In fact, that history came up in today's hearing, which we will return to. But first, let's begin tonight with that context laid out. I want to start with the key developments that we learned from this hearing. One, Trump is likely to lose. The judges were very skeptical across the hearing of these extreme claims. Most accounts of the hearing reported on that and how all three judges shot at many of the brazen and sometimes flatly autocratic claims that came from Trump's side. Two, Trump's lawyer had a rough, humiliating day that probably hurt his case. We have more on that particular angle and new sound for you to hear later tonight as well. Three, Trump's lawyer claimed the president has a legal license to murder his American political rivals in some cases. Let me repeat that reporting again. Today, Trump lawyer John Sauer told the court that as president, Trump could murder Americans and never be prosecuted for it after leaving office, driving new headlines that will shock anyone with a sense of shock left. This is the headline in America tonight. A former president would have immunity for the assassination of rivals. And that immunity covers having rivals assassinated in America, according to Trump's lawyer in court today. That is what he affirmed. This is not a drill. This is now asserted in court a very public, very damning, very dangerous part of this former president's defense. In arguments that are designed to try to cancel 
to prevent what is currently the planned federal trial of defendant Trump for alleged criminal acts to overthrow an election, which, of course, drew on violence on January 6th. You're going to hear it all. We're going to play it for you. But if this sounds extreme or far-fetched, first of all, it is as a legal claim. At the same time, and I want to be very clear as I speak to you, news viewers, people watching television, people watching this online, wherever you find it now or later, I want to be very clear with you in plain English tonight. This license to murder is what Trump's team is claiming in court. You're going to hear it and you can assess for yourself. But here's a key exchange that came about when a judge asked about one of the most specialized teams that the U.S. military uses for unconventional sea, air and land operations. The Navy SEALs, the Pentagon's crown jewel for the most secret and sometimes dangerous missions. Now, many remember the newsworthy photo of President Obama. There he was as president. You can see Vice President Biden near him watching the SEAL raid, which killed bin Laden. Today, to test the Trump argument, the judge put forward in court a hypothetical where a sitting president like you see there, was not watching a valid SEAL mission, but the pursued assassination of, quote, a political rival in America of the president's. This was to test the extreme Trump claims. So the judge proposed, if if you're correct on the law, she says to the lawyer, then a president could have the SEALs murder Americans and never, ever be prosecuted for it. That was the question. It's chilling. You don't need a law degree to see why that cannot be legal, cannot be okay in a democracy. The answer must be no. But now you'll hear it. Trump's lawyer failed that test. Here is part of the damning exchange. Could a president who ordered SEAL Team 6 to assassinate a political rival who was not impeached, would he be subject to criminal prosecution? If he were impeached and convicted first. And so, so your answer is... No. No. It's clear the judge viewed that as the wrong answer today. No president can order assassinations of their rivals. But instead of saying no, the lawyer claims the power for a president to do that and never be prosecuted with one tiny little exception. That basically, if a president were impeached, and convicted in the Senate, only then, Trump's lawyer says, could they be prosecuted for this idea, for having Navy SEALs assassinate their rivals. Now, that's not current law, but it is a very dangerous claim. The legal theory is bananas. And beyond all that, I want you to keep in mind the history, because we're going to play more from this damning exchange. This Trump lawyer is saying the only road to prosecution would be a Senate impeachment trial that convicts a president. That is a situation that has never occurred in American history. No president has ever been convicted in the Senate after impeachment because the bar is so high. Not Johnson, who came the closest, not Nixon, who resigned before it, and not the last two impeached presidents you see on your screen. Yet as this Trump lawyer tries to duck and the judge says, for the record, no, clearly your answer is no, the lawyer knew that saying no would be bad and lead to a lot of the reaction that already is happening, maybe help hurt the case, maybe end the case from the lawyer representing Trump, that would hurt them. So he has to do everything he can not to say 
what his real answer is. His real answer legally is no, and that's what the judge is bearing down on. So he keeps arguing, as you're going to hear, that any prosecution, say for this Navy SEAL assassination or any other thing the president did, would require impeachment and conviction first, would require something that has never happened before, which means if it's never happened, then in every other situation, according to his legal theory, you can't be prosecuted. No matter what you did, you can see why this is of interest to defendant Trump. So with all that context in mind, because I want you to have a clear handle on exactly why this is not only dangerous, not only bananas, as I said, but why it is so telling for what Trump's lawyers stand for. That's the context. Now you can hear this damning and entire exchange. Could a president order SEAL Team 6 to assassinate a political rival? That's an official act in order to SEAL Team 6? He, he would have to be and would speedily be, you know, uh, uh, impeached and convicted before the criminal what prosecution. If what if he weren't? There would be no criminal prosecution, no criminal liability for that? Chief Justice's opinion in Marbury against Madison and uh, uh, and our constitutional tradition and the plain language of the impeachment judgment clause all clearly presuppose that what the founders were concerned about was not. I asked you a yes or yes or no question. Could a president who ordered SEAL Team Six to assassinate a political rival who was not impeached would he be subject to criminal prosecution? If he were impeached and convicted first, and so so your answer is. Is, no. is, my answer is qualified. Yes, there is a political process that would have to occur under our, the structure of our Constitution, which would require impeachment and conviction by the Senate. So let's go through it. It's actually not complicated. The judge views the Trump's lawyer giving the answer clearly of no. That's his legal position. They are claiming a license to kill in court. If there's one answer that could lose a whole case at oral argument, it would be an answer like that. And the lawyer who knows that's bad says other things. This is why liars and sometimes lawyers frustrate people. The answer is no, as I just explained and showed. He says the road to prosecution would be something that's literally never happened before and didn't happen to Trump, but that would have to happen, Senate conviction, for any prosecution. Meaning, no, you can't prosecute him. That's their claim. What do we do with this tonight? Well, the bad news is this is... The news tonight, this is the reality in the America we live in. Ignore what they claim they can do at your peril. Look around at world history and how these things work, how they work over time gradually and get hotter and hotter and tougher and tougher and more oppressive when there is abuse of power and people return to power. That's the bad news. The good news is that Trump lawyer's extreme claim is not current law. Today, the judges clearly lean towards rejecting it, and that would be two losses in a row on this immunity question. Then everyone will wait to see if the Supreme Court wants to go near these kind of claims by Trump's team. Those are the legal developments. And that's a lot right there. I just gave you a lot to start our news program tonight. But I have more for you because this is about more than those legal hypotheticals. This is a very serious judge who raised this violence question for substantive reasons. This whole court hearing is about whether the Justice Department can put defendant Trump on trial at all for his coup and activities roughly three years ago this week, which welcomed and, of course, exploited extreme violence. There's nothing hypothetical about that as a candidate, a political leader and 
While President Defendant Trump fanned, invoked, and demanded violence, both from his fans and from government employees alike. I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and I wouldn't lose any voters, okay? Knock the crap out of them, would you? Seriously. I will pay for the legal fees. Will you unequivocally condemn David Duke? I don't know anything about David Duke. I'm just talking about David Duke and the Ku Klux Klan here, but... I'd like to punch him in the face, I'll tell you. You just see him thrown in, rough. I said, please don't be too nice. We will root out the communists, Marxists, fascists, and the radical left thugs that live like vermin within the confines of our country. You'll never take back our country with weakness. Fight like hell. And if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. Go home. We love you. You're very special. That ending there is January 6th. Those special people, some of them are now convicted seditionists. Now, today's hearing was not about whether to find Trump guilty. It was about whether there will be a trial for that purpose. And in this brazen, extreme, frankly, dangerous effort to fight that, Trump's lawyers took those statements you just heard from Trump and turned some of them basically into legalese. As Trump talks up pardoning the seditionists if elected and his allies and he lie and claim they are hostages because they've been subjected to the basic criminal proceedings for their attacks on police and public officials. And as you heard, Trump's violent calls to root out vermin in America are by many serious analysts seen as an echo of autocrats and worse. So after today's hearing, the court has a big decision to make. And if the Supreme Court was considering staying out of this appeal and just letting Jack Smith go forward, well, today's arguments, ironically, by the Trump lawyer may have actually made that more likely, that the Supreme Court is more likely to let Jack Smith go ahead and not intervene at this early stage to mess with or help Trump. That is actually a reminder of why in our system, however imperfect it is, we have courts that hold public, transparent hearings. So at times like these, the court system the government system, the checks and balances, and the wider democratic society, which as of tonight we still have, can hear these claims and consider whether this is the side you want to win. And I don't mean whether you want Donald Trump's policies to be enacted. Indeed, the Republican Party has many people who say they would enact his policy agenda or a conservative MAGA approach to governing. But do you want this license to kill, this autocratic defense, this danger to go back into power. Now, how do the lawyers for the Justice Department and Donald Trump view what just went down today? Well, a veteran DOJ official and former Trump White House attorney are my special guests for our special coverage when we're back in 60 seconds. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Expectations matter. What do you expect from an SUV? Versatility? A range of sizes built to fit your life? 
a range of exteriors that all invite stairs, or being able to take control of more than just the wheel. Expectations matter, but exceeding them matters more. How we get there matters. The Audi family of SUVs. Progress you can feel. Welcome back to our special coverage tonight, the United States versus Trump, the coup case. Donald Trump was in the hearing today because it was that important a case. He was seated just a few feet away from Jack Smith. And we turn to our experts tonight. Leslie Caldwell is the former head of the Justice Department Criminal Division, dealing with exactly these kind of cases at the highest level for the DOJ. And a former Trump White House lawyer, Jim Schultz. Uh, welcome to both of you. Uh, Leslie, first and foremost, have you ever heard a claim like that in a serious court proceeding about the president's powers? Um, and how do you assess it legally? So I think you were spot on, Ari, and all the comments you made about it's unprecedented to make that kind of an argument, to hear that kind of an argument. And I also think the judges were extraordinarily skeptical of the correctness of that argument. And so I think it's stunning. It's also telling about how Trump would intend to uh, run a second administration. And it's consistent with everything he's been saying all along about his how he would run how he would run the show. And I think you know it's incumbent on people to actually listen to what he's saying and think he means it. Right. He says it. His lawyers say it on his behalf. He means it. Uh, Jim, I have two questions for you off top. Uh, first, do you think there's any validity to what this Trump lawyer is claiming with you having uh, some background experience? And second, do you think he helped or hurt Trump's case before the court today? So, no, there's no validity to that claim. And I agree with everything you said earlier, Ari, and was echoed again a minute ago. Uh, I also thought it was telling that Judge Henderson, who happens to be a Republican or a Republican appointee during the Bush administration, really zeroed in on this fact that um, that you, you the president has a duty to faithfully execute the laws and now is making an argument that he can criminally violate those laws anytime he wants to and have and not be held accountable. Yeah, I Except, think we, of course, when I, I'll political. let you continue, because I, to be fair, gave you more than one question. But you're mentioning that Henderson line. We actually have that in our coverage, haven't aired it yet. Uh, so since you brought it up, uh, this is Judge Henderson on that supposed paradox, uh, a diplomatic word for it. Let's take a listen. I think it's paradoxical to say that his constitutional duty to take care that the laws be faithfully executed allows him to violate criminal laws. Go ahead, Jim. So we have that. And the only way at time you're allowed to, you know, the only time you're permitted to be charged for those if you're president of the United States after you leave office is if you've gone through a political proceeding namely impeachment, that really does turn on politics and not any court proceeding, and you're barred from being prosecuted as a result of that, just doesn't make sense, right? You said it earlier. doesn't make sense. I think they hurt their case tremendously today. You do. I've said prior to this that I think that um, that this, that I believe that the D.C. Circuit Court is going to act swiftly on this, is going to knock down the immunity claims that Trump's lawyers are making, and they're going to be you know, if, if they end up back before the Supreme Court, I think they will look at it the same way if they take it at all. And I think we will be right back on a trial schedule that may be a little 
delayed as a result of this, but I think you're looking at a trial schedule no later than April, May rather than March. Hmm. Leslie, same question there. Jim worked in the Trump uh, White House in the counsel's office. He says this was basically ineffective lawyering. And more importantly, we discussed first um, how dangerous it is. But there's also the question of uh, are you moving the ball for your client or not? Do you agree with his assessment? I do because of the extremity of his position. On the other hand, that is the point he's making, um, that Trump can't be prosecuted unless he's impeached and convicted first. So he might as well be honest about it. As you said, he was he was soaking it in legalese to make it sound less extreme. Um, but I do think that it, he staked out in a position that I can't imagine any court in this country would agree with. Hmm. Including the Supreme Court. I mean, obviously, I can't speak for the Supreme Court, but I would be very surprised if they drew the conclusion that the president was essentially immune from criminal prosecution no matter what. Right. No matter what. And that's why the, the SEAL Team 6 example uh, is very precise. It speaks to the president's powers. Uh, I think the judge was being serious, Leslie, not hyperbolic, um, because, as, as both of you know so well, uh, there are times where they're very secretive operations. So they're not going to be subject to any other check, certainly not Congress or the press. Um, uh, nobody, uh, we, we have the history on the, on the bin Laden raid. No, none of that leaked. So you get the order, you go carry it out. Um, we need some checks and balances after the fact. And what was argued today was no, um, license to kill unless there's a Senate conviction, which, as I told folks, has never happened. I wonder, Leslie, as you say, I know from experience with you, you're quite careful about what, what you know and you don't go farther than that. I think that makes you a great analyst. Um, but I am curious if you can speak to us about how the Justice Department might view a day like today. And with that in mind, let's listen a little bit um, to what Jack Smith's chosen lawyer argued in court after some of this had sort of been flushed out. Take a listen. What kind of world are we living in if, as I understood my friend on the other side to say here, a president orders his SEAL team to assassinate a political rival and resigns, for example, before an impeachment? Not a criminal act. President sells a pardon, resigns, or is not impeached? Not a crime. I think that is extraordinarily frightening future. Uh, Leslie, what is uh, Jack Smith's lawyer doing there and how might the DOJ, in your view, um, think about what happened today? So I think he's he's sort of teeing up the argument that Trump is actually making to show how how extreme it is and how uh, wrong it is um, under our law, but also just kind of common sense. And do we really want to be the kind of country where this sort of thing can happen with impunity? And I think the answer to that is clearly no. Jim? Yeah, I think the same thing, right? And they also talked about the balancing of the interests here and the balancing of the interests between the executive branch and then the public's interest. And clearly, in this case, the public interest in, in making sure that a president can't commit crimes and then you know, go off scot-free as a result of it, tips the balance on those scales relative to executive power and the public interest. So I think all of that's going to be looked at very closely by this court. They're clearly, you know, from their demeanor and their words during the hearing today are, you know, bought the DOJ's arguments and did not buy any of the arguments of the Trump team on this. Right. Uh, I, think, I think that was kind of a widespread legal reaction when you looked at the tenor of the hearing and the questioning. Finally to you, Jim, uh, Donald Trump made a decision to sit in that courtroom. 
you were a, a White House uh, lawyer. It's a little bit of a different job, government job. And we see that there, D- Trump on the right, Smith just nearby on the left. Um, do you think in any way, based on your experience, that that might have also pressure to compromise the lawyer? Uh, in other words, would this Trump lawyer make such a terrible argument as we've now deconstructed it uh, if he didn't have the client in the room? Or might he have found the what, what Leslie referred to as, yes, it was an answer that reflects their position, uh, but it was also extreme, possibly beyond what he needed to say today. I'm curious if you can shed any light on that, Jim. So I can't get into that lawyer's head. But certainly he's looking at having the former president of the United States sitting next to him who, you know, historically likes to hear, you know, what he likes to hear in the arguments that are being made. Uh, That's that's been uh, publicly displayed on numerous occasions. So certainly there's going to be some pressure upon him, whether he caved to that pressure or actually, you know, made these arguments on his own. That's unknown to all of us. But what we do know is that. You know, they weren't very good arguments. In fact, they were preposterous arguments and not likely to succeed in court. And I think afterwards, the press conference afterwards did them no service either. Yeah, the press conference was not extremely newsworthy, so we didn't lead with much of that. But as you mentioned, uh, Defendant Trump also spoke out afterward. He, tried, he wanted to seize this day in, in some sort of way. Uh, Jim Schultz, a veteran of the Trump White House uh, Counsel's Office, uh, Leslie Caldwell, a DOJ veteran. My thanks to both of you for our special coverage. And we continue right now with more on that very point. And Jim's discussion there, kind of a good introduction to what I want to show you, because Trump's lawyer was absolutely hammered today. And that includes on issues even beyond that telling huge exchange about assassination. Uh, Trump's second impeachment trial, you may recall, was over January 6th. Now, at that set of proceedings, Trump's lawyers conceded, of course, a former president can later be prosecuted. Now, that's the opposite of what the lawyer claimed today. I want to show you some of that original sound from during the impeachment trial, along with what was now the new position asserted today. After he's out of office, you go and arrest him. So there is no opportunity where the president of the United States can run rampant in in January, the end of his term, and just go away scot-free. The Department of Justice does know what to do with such people. The argument was there's no need to vote for impeachment because we have this backstop, which is criminal prosecution. And it seems that many senators relied on that in voting to acquit. The court, I think, lacks uh, the ability to intuit what senator, what motivated senators votes in the impeachment process. That's Trump's lawyer. And if that sounded like a dodge, it was now. He's free to use his time as he sees fit. There's different types of lawyering, different types of advocacy. But over the course of this hearing, there was a lot more dodging, bobbing, weaving, spinning than you might think a prepared lawyer would have to do when, remember, whoever's sitting in the room, the only targets legally are the three judges. He has to win them over through substance and style. He has to give them real answers that can stand up in a literal court of law. And if he can, any good lawyer, he, she, or they, is going to also try to collaborate with the judges. If you've ever watched a Supreme Court argument or listened to when we play those clips, the the good lawyers on both sides usually know how to do that. I'm going to tell you something. Trump's lawyer did not do that today. He failed on that. He clearly hemmed and hawed when ultimately landing in the same place. He annoyed uh, some of the justices, the judges to some degree, because you could hear them eventually 
diplomatically hammering him to get even a straight answer. Because we have many other issues with this prosecution. Is that a yes? So So if he had been convicted by the Senate, then this prosecution would be entirely proper, correct? Well, I would not phrase it that way because there's lots of other problems. Then this prosecution would be properly brought. There's a prosecution could be properly brought. This prosecution, which has tons of other problems with it. I just want to be very clear about that. I'm making any concession that this prosecution is. All right, let me try one more time. The government could properly prosecute him for that same or related conduct. Yes or no? Potentially. So I admit that a prosecution I'm only asking could be- you under your, under your interpretation of the impeachment judgment clause, it, is that proper? Is that allowed? And I stand on my prior answer. He stands on his prior answer. You may have heard about standing on business. This might be the legal opposite. But finally, you get a yes or some semblance of an answer. Meanwhile, you have Trump's current lawyer there contradicting what Trump's own impeachment lawyers insisted was the whole reason that they shouldn't convict in the Senate. And remember, Trump's lawyer today not only contradicts that, but claims that the lack of the Senate conviction is why this whole case shouldn't happen. It doesn't make sense because it's not supposed to make sense because these are not serious, factual or precedential arguments. I don't say that as an insult. I say that as an observation. If the Trump folks come up with good arguments in the case, we'll report that. They have some very valid arguments against the efforts to strip him from, for example, the Colorado ballot. We've reported on that. But today was as dangerous at times as it was humiliating. And we turn to a legal expert, Emily Bazelon from The New York Times, on these issues when we come back. Could a president who ordered SEAL Team 6 to assassinate a political rival who was not impeached, would he be subject to criminal prosecution? If he were impeached and convicted first. The government could properly prosecute him for that same or related conduct. Yes or no? Potentially. We are back with Emily Bazelon from The New York Times Magazine on this big court day. Welcome. Uh, your thoughts both on how Trump's lawyer did, which we've discussed, um, and what we learned today. I mean, look, this is a hard job for a lawyer. He's being asked to take a very extreme position in court in which the president can do all kinds of crimes. And unless the Senate pursues its political remedy of impeachment and conviction, in the view of Trump's lawyers, there is no way for the criminal justice system to take any action against a president. That's a hard position to defend in court. I think we learned that the Trump side is very committed to that position and that the judges who are hearing this case in the D.C. Circuit are very skeptical of it. Do you know from listening why why he wouldn't just give narrower versions of some of those arguments? I mean, I think this is what his client wants. This is a legal proceeding, but obviously it's happening in the political context of uh, Donald Trump hoping to receive the Republican nomination and his position that he has done nothing wrong and that, in fact, the Justice Department that is wildly out of line is very popular with his supporters. So it seemed like the lawyer was following what is a politically advantageous position from Trump's point of view and doing that in court. Yeah. Uh, Take a look, Emily. I want to show you. Stay with me. at one of the other sections of this, where Trump's lawyer was referring to these official acts, which is what presidents are supposed to do. Uh, And we'll show there were references here to then-President Bush and how he marched the country to war in Iraq, which Trump's lawyer said was under false pretenses. 
And then he referred to a very controversial part of President Obama's foreign policy, the use of drone strikes, which have killed foreign adversaries and enemies of the United States, but also had other types of civilian casualties abroad. Now, Trump's lawyer basically argued that Obama and Bush were engaged in official acts and that it wouldn't be right to ever have any type of criminal investigation or prosecution of them for those acts. Take a listen. To authorize the prosecution of a president for his official acts would open a Pandora's box from which this nation may never recover. Could George W. Bush be prosecuted for obstruction of an official proceeding for allegedly giving false information to Congress to induce the nation to go to war in Iraq under false pretenses? Could President Obama be potentially charged with murder for allegedly authorizing drone strikes targeting U.S. citizens located abroad? Did you think that was a slightly better version of the argument and pushback? Um, and what is the response to it? I mean, look, it's a classic slippery slope argument, right? If you allow this prosecution to go forward, you are implicitly authorizing all these other prosecutions. Every president has to defend the country. People disagree about whether that is allowed or not. The issue here is what is an official act, right? The examples from former President Bush, from former President Obama, those were decisions the presidents took in their course of duty that absolutely I don't think anyone would argue they were part of the presidency. The, what's at issue here in the Justice Department's prosecution are Trump's activities about whether he won an election or not. Those are actions, the Justice Department argues, that are about a candidate. They're not about his office or his conduct in office. And so I think the key issue here is for the appeals court to draw a clear line between official conduct and what Judge Henderson called private conduct. Uh, and then, Emily, I'm curious, as we go forward, uh, we've talked uh, quite a bit in our coverage tonight about what went down. And we had even a Trump White House counsel veteran saying that everything, just about everything claimed about uh, the, that immunity uh, was was false. It's not the law and shouldn't be the law. Um, ultimately, once the D.C. Circuit is done with this, these three judges can rule. There could be a review by the larger court. But when that's all said and done, uh, it would either go back uh, for Jack Smith to continue this prosecution or the Supreme Court could take the case at this early stage and review it on immunity. Um, based on everything that's happened, do you have a view of what's most likely? Yeah, it's a great question. It's going to matter a whole lot because, as we've talked about a lot on your show, this tactic of delay is Donald Trump's probably best chance, right? Just put the whole thing off. Maybe he gets elected president, then he controls the Justice Department, the case goes away. So anything that slows down the proceedings is helpful to Donald Trump. I think that if the D.C. Circuit makes a kind of sensible ruling that is it could be pretty narrow, right? It could leave a lot of leeway for presidents in the course of the conduct of, of duty to have immunity. Then the Supreme Court may decide not to touch it. Now, that would allow the case to go forward more quickly. It might also create some ambiguity going forward um, for future cases, right? I mean, if the Supreme Court had very clearly weighed in um, in the case of uh, former President Nixon, the law would look slightly different now. So, in perpetuity, um, it can be useful for the Supreme Court to make itself clear on these kind of basic matters. But for the sake of this case, um, for the Justice Department, it would be better if the court just allowed a D.C. Circuit ruling to stand, as long as it's in the Justice Department's favor, of course. 
Right. And then you, you look at what they're choosing from. And the more that it's one side, the more that the Trump folks have carved out an extreme. And as mentioned, if there's a bi- sort of quote unquote bipartisan 3-0 ruling or it's it's reviewed and, and ruled there, there's a lot of reasons why the court may just feel they don't need to get into it this early. Uh, that's what everyone's watching to find out. Emily Bazelon, thanks for joining us on a big legal night. Sure thing. Thanks for having me. Ari. Abs- absolutely. Uh, weather. It affects us all. It can be quite important in many different ways. Well, we have a snowstorm pummeling Iowa, and it's only getting worse, which could have a huge impact on next week's start of the primary season. Meanwhile, Trump has been, of course, spending his final days not in Iowa, but in court. All of that and more coming up. a weather alert day across Iowa. The candidates have actually had some trouble getting to events. The winter storm that's brought a massive amount of snow to our state. Voters tell us they're not phased by some cold and some snow. It's Iowa after all. Meteorologists are also predicting a polar vortex in the days leading up to the 15th, which could influence lower voter turnout than anticipated. There are Iowa winters, there's Iowa snowstorms, and there's the Iowa polar vortex, which could have a big impact. Obviously, the first thing is for everyone to be prepared and be safe. But the second thing that a lot of people are focused on is whether this is going to drastically shape or distort the turnout on Monday night for the beginning of the Republican primaries. Remember, the massive storms that we've been tracking, one already hit Iowa today, blanketing areas with a foot of snow. The Republican Party chair in the state says they're going forward. There's not going to be some sort of weather delay. That's what they're saying now. Now, despite the snow, Republicans are making their pitches. You can see all of them out on the trail. Trump alternating between his court appearances and still trying to go out and close the deal in a state that he lost during the 2016 race. Voters discussing it all. Trump's not in the mix for me because of a couple things. One, one, the deficit. Also with Trump, the COVID lockdowns. He put way too much stock into what Fauci had to say. On a scale from one to 10, where are you in Trump supporting? 10. He is giving up a lifestyle that everybody else can't believe that he's doing. When they are indicting him, we are being indicted. When they talk negative about him, they're talking negative about us. I'm being indicted for you. Um, my first thought went to, well, Jesus Christ died for my sins. Jesus died for me. I have no comment there. I know I talk all hour, but no comment on that. Meanwhile, of course, miles away, many miles away, Trump had to show up in federal court today where he's on trial for overthrowing an election. So he's balancing that with Iowa. How will the storm play out? How will all this go down? Well, NBC's Priscilla Thompson, our special guest on the ground when we come back. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Expectations matter. What do you expect from an SUV? Versatility? A range of sizes built to fit your life? A range of exteriors that all invite stairs? Or being able to take control of more than just the wheel? Expectations matter, but exceeding them matters more. How we get there matters. 
the Audi family of SUVs. Progress you can feel. I just found out today that Nikki Haley was in New Hampshire, and she said, she said that in New Hampshire, they're going to have to correct what Iowa does. Wow. So what does she think about Iowa? Hey, Pops, I'm, I'm in Iowa with an incredible group of people. We love you all, and I hope my son is doing a great job because he always has done a good job. Some of the action. Now we're joined by NBC correspondent Priscilla Thompson, live from Des Moines, Iowa. Hope you are warm. And uh, what are you finding out there? Yeah, can't say that I'm super warm, Ari, but certainly hearing a lot of interesting things from voters over the past couple of days as we count down to a caucus. As we know, Donald Trump continuing to lead here in the state, but I've been crisscrossing the state talking to average voters, and I've got to tell you, a lot of the folks that I have talked to have said that they're not sure they're going to show up to caucus. Of course, not hearing that from the Trump supporters who are very staunchly saying they're going to show up for him regardless, but a lot of those folks who are saying they're still undecided or not quite sure that they love this field are saying that they may not show up at all. And I actually spoke to one business owner in Carroll, Iowa, Troy Phipps, and he told me that he does not support Donald Trump, but he's not going to show up to caucus for anyone else. And I want to play a little bit of that conversation. Are you planning to caucus? No. No. Why not? Because I don't think there's any point in caucusing right now. Trump is going to be the nominee. I don't, there's just no point. So. Do you like Haley or DeSantis at all? Do you think it's worth getting out to caucus for one of them in the hopes that they might gain momentum? Uh, no, I mean, I am not a fan of either of them, too. I think we are slim pickings in, in the Republican Party right now. And as you noted, the candidates are still here trying to make their case to voters, get those folks out to caucus. But a key factor here, as you mentioned, is going to be the weather. We are talking about a high of zero degrees on Monday, a wind chill as low as negative 27 degrees. And so these candidates really need to have those folks committed to turn out for them. We know that we're hearing that from Trump supporters. I'm not sure that we're getting that same level of enthusiasm from Haley and DeSantis supporters or others. And it's important to note, obviously, Donald Trump not in the state sending surrogates as he's appearing in court. But you know what happens when he appears in court? His poll numbers go up every time. And so that may be the strategy for for him here not to be in Iowa campaigning, but to be in the courtroom energizing and motivating his supporters who, as you played that sound earlier, feel that he's being unjustly attacked and that in some ways it's an attack on them. Ari? Yeah, you gave us a good breakdown on what you're hearing and finding there. Uh, listening to the voters without fear or favor. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, stay warm and safe to you and your team out there. And I'm sure we'll be uh, checking in with you again. Priscilla Thompson, our thanks. And here on The Beat, we will be right back. A couple notes. Rachel Maddow is leading special coverage of the Iowa caucus countdown. That's tomorrow night right here at 10 p.m. Eastern. We'll also be doing a special by the beat on Sunday night on Iowa caucus Eve at 9 p.m. Eastern. And we'll have cameras rolling backstage with Steve and Michael Steele and everybody else on a big night. And you can see some of that if you catch us out, if you check us out on TikTok.
Ain't no regular chocolate, it's fancy chocolate. It's the good stuff. Election night in America, that can only mean one thing. The legend at the map, Steve Kornacki. You go, bing bong. Bing bong. That's it. Here we are trucking. This is what it looks like when we do a news show from the road. From the road. So go to Ari Melber if you want us on TikTok or on any social media. Or don't use the internet, as I mentioned. Keep it locked tonight and meet us back here for special coverage at 10 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. A lot going on. Let's buckle up for the big race. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars Rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate.